We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Pod Mavericks Mavs Party. I'm Kirk Henderson. I'm editor-in-chief over at MavsMoneyBall.com. It has been far too long since I've hosted one of these. Uh, far too long since I've done one of these by myself. So it's probably going to be a bit rusty. I like having somebody to talk with. But I was having a slow work day. Uh, and that you know coincided with Media Day, which also happened today with the Dallas Mavericks. And so here I am. Am so for those of you who uh, maybe have forgotten, there is a posted link in the comments, which allows you to click in, and you can come up here. Once I bring you up uh, as part of the show, we can talk a little hoops. You can ask me some questions, or just fire off any takes that you are interested in, and I think we can, uh, you know, have a little fun here. Uh, it's about three o'clock on Friday, the 29th of September. Training camp's been going on for three days. Uh, and we will, um, you know, just just get to chatting. So if I see you join uh, the link down there uh, in the comments, again, it's it's this link. I'll post it one more time. You can come up here and hang out. In the meantime, I will sort of soliloquy or post a soliloquy for a while. And I, you know, got an email in from listener Michael Rowe, and he had some questions for me. He said. Uh, much has been made of the offseason by Nico Harrison, Michael Finley, and their staff, and for good reason. There has been much enthusiasm about Luca's potential starting potential for the starting the season in tip-top shape, though the lingering leg issue is a cause for concern. And all that all that is the reason for encouragement, but what about the elephant in the room? What should we expect from Jason Kidd and his evolution as a coach this season? 
Will the fact that the roster features more defensive-oriented players rejuvenate him and reduce his passive-aggressive behavior? Will he discover that he can't carry over unused timeouts from one game to the next? Will he take any accountability whatsoever? Will he prove he can do more than develop young players and make an actual difference in live game situations via adjustments or calling plays? This is what I fear the most about the upcoming season, despite how encouraged I am about their roster changes. This is a fun question just because it plays to my grumpiness. Um, it's very funny. Uh, today, during media day, Tim Hardaway seemed surprised that he uh, might be coming off the bench uh, and, and said, you're going to have to talk to Jason Kidd about that. Really an entertaining exchange because this is the second training camp in a row where uh, whether dudes are starting or not is, is a, a point of thought. But Tim Hardaway Jr., he's been with the team for a real long time now. Not really too worried about Timmy, just something that made me laugh. Um, the Jason Kidd of it all is very difficult. Because I think that in order to keep Kyrie Irving engaged, Jason Kidd is extremely important to the team. And all these things are all interchanged. And Tim Hardaway, or I'm sorry, and uh, Jason Kidd is, you know, not my favorite coach. I've called for him to be fired last year, but he's not going anywhere. That's sort of what I, I've come to the conclusion on. It's going to take the Mavericks really having a poor start to the year for, for uh, Jason Kidd to go. And it would take like the kind of poor start where they're 10 games under 500, 30 to 35 games into the season, like something really, truly catastrophic. And even then, I don't know if Mark Cuban would do it. Mark Cuban is very stubborn. Uh, he believed in kid and gave kid a chance when I don't necessarily think kid was ever going to get another head coaching job again. Um, kid's an interesting one. He He's definitely... You know, he says things. Josh uh, Bo mentioned that on the last show. That the kid actually says things out loud, and he's not boring. And there's a lot to that. That that in terms of us being, you know, people that are constantly thinking about the Mavericks, we're not parsing words with kid. He says things that he means. So that's that's particularly interesting to me. So I like this question, Michael. Please fire them away. The more you, you know, anybody that has any questions, obviously I see, I see some of these questions in the chat. But if you're listening on the podcast later on. Or if you are uh, watching the show later on YouTube, there is a uh, email podmaverickpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to send me any questions if you just want to talk hoops. I'm uh, you know it doesn't necessarily have to be something that we talk about on the show. If you have any questions about me, anything like that, I'm always happy to answer. Um, we've got our first guest who wants to come up here, uh, my man Leo, who is still behind an avatar. Leo doesn't believe in letting me see his what i just have to assume is handsome face leo what's going on today i don't have any good lighting in my room so a good camera would be almost impossible i understand that i have a face for radio so i understand what you mean uh but as far as maybe like starting off on a good note as far uh you know to bring up the vibes what did you think of the interviews given by our rookies i like the maturity of our two rookies We're just great. in the way they talk about like how their coaches are taking them under their wing and how uh, D live is coming in after practice with sham got to work on his handle. I'm, I don't think we've ever heard that from any of, we haven't heard that from other rookies. They don't know about it. We don't get rookies. We're not allowed to have rookies. Uh, at least rookies in the sense of, you know, Brunson comes in national champion, Luca, like worldwide phenom. Um, Josh Green came in during the COVID year, which doesn't, you know, his, his whole thing was just so different than everybody else's Hardy's the second round guy. So you don't really have high expectations for him, but 
rookies that are you know we're hopeful that they come in and and participate early like there's there's something you know it's it's exciting i'm i'm very i'm very you know uh, bullish about all this i i it's it's funny isaac harris and i probably disagree on like 70 percent of basketball stuff but like we both are super into omax and i just couldn't be more excited about omax the lively is a little more interesting because I think his range of outcomes is a lot more varied just because big men have harder, harder roles, but it's, it's great to see how enthusiastic they both seem. And it's, you know, having a Luka Doncic and a Kyrie Irving really sets like a pecking order uh, in terms of team hierarchy. And it, it establishes guys for what is, is expected of them. So Lively's talked about his role for a real long time. And Chris Vernon of The Ringer used a phrase I hadn't heard in quite some time, but I really liked I really liked hearing it again. And it made me think about the Dallas Mavericks young players and that you can be a star in your role. And that is something I am I am hopeful for both one or both of these guys. And I think it really is going to dictate on how like what the maverick ceiling is i feel pretty good about the floor because you know we we like a lot of the guys that are on the team already um and in the rotation we kind of know what a lot of the guys have the off have to offer and so it's it, but it's it's the ceiling and so you know to, to answer your question it's it's just it's delightful training camp is the last time we're really allowed to be I mean, you can be like this all the time if you want. A friend of the show, Dalton Trigg, is like this all the time. But if you want to be like, like exuberantly, like p- bullish and positive about this team, now is the time to. And you're fully justified in feeling that way. Well, as far as you were talking the pecking order, we didn't have that last year because we kept on thinking, who's number two? Mm. Is it Christian Wood? Is it Spencer? And we kept on lamenting the fact that JB walked because if not, it would have been a clear point where it's like. It's Luca, it's JB, and it's everybody else. Just like after we traded KP away, whenever Spencer came in, he himself said it. He's like, "It's but I've already know it's Luca, it's Brunson, and then it's me." Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I I really missed that last year because it kept it was such an awkward conversation whenever players would go up talking about how their roles are undefined, or whenever we'd have these conversations online where it's like, "Well, what are we expecting out of these guys?" Because I don't think they know what they're supposed to do either. And that's, I think, some some of that is on coaching. Some of that is on, you know, the Mavericks had such a poor offseason the summer prior. Everything was just shaking and shaky and up in the air. And it's really, it, it you know, you try to be positive when you head into a season. We all do. We're all, we all love watching Luka. We all love watching the Mavericks. But we talked ourselves into a lot. Now, you could make the argument that we're doing the same thing right now, but it's so drastically different this year. At least the roster is different. So maybe this is all copium and maybe the Mavericks are going to be a garbage team again. I just, there's enough here for me to latch on to. And since I'm so pessimistic about everything else, I don't know. I just feel like that's worth something because I just rarely get hyped like that. Well, as far as my copium take, I think we finally have a center that's going to replace Dwight Powell because our center knows his role and understands that his role is to rebound and help Luca whenever in the role. That's it. That's Dwight Powell. We got Dwight Powell at seven foot two. I'm happy with that. Role man stuff is is tough too. It was uh, the the first day of training camp. Obviously, Luca media trained paired with kind of a quieter guy, and Luca had. 
I don't know. There's something again. You're reading body language, but the like the look on Luca's face when he's talking about him as a role man and kind of like the the couple first day connection that they have. That was really neat. I, I was I like that. And you know, J- Javale, Willie, some of the guys the Mavericks have had over the years, DeAndre Jordan. It's just there's not. I don't remember that outside of Dwight. You know, I guess Christian Wood and he had it because Christian Wood is a special offensive player, but this is, it's just a different situation. All right. Thank you, Mr. Kirk. Sure, man. Thanks for coming up. Okay. Coming up next, we have my friend from across the world, Andreas. Andreas, welcome back to the show. What's going on? Thank you very much for having me. Uh, uh, always a great pleasure and honor. Thank you very much. Yeah. Well, uh, it's, you, know, you got to join while you can, because when I start doing these in the season, you're, you're, you're asleep. <laughs> So at least I hope you're asleep because uh, you'd be uh, yeah, that's right. So sometimes, and uh, as a family man, you know, sometimes uh, uh, there are responsibilities. That's and, right. Uh, uh, yeah, and sometimes I do join some games here overnight as well. Obviously, different times on everything, like some other uh, fans from from overseas, obviously. So so again, thanks for having me. Sure. Uh, I watched a little bit of YouTube, guy like I am, and. Uh, and um, and I saw something on the ninth, uh, which I found very interesting. Was it the old man and the three with JJ Reddick? I think it was. And um, he said some interesting things, I think, with some guests. And he f- pointed out two things, which I want to repeat here and get get your take on it, if you don't mind. Of course. And he said, for the Mavericks, from what I understood, obviously, right, um, is he said, you need to have um, ball, uh, a guy who, who picks up the, the leap guy with a ball, um, and he thinks that will be green, but he has, I don't want to say doubts, but he he's not sure if green can do that for 82 games. Mm. And I found that interesting because um, obviously everybody grows with uh, his or her responsibilities. Yep. And we have guys like Axum, we have guys like, uh omax obviously we have uh, other guys i find very interesting and intriguing um uh and uh uh i am happy that i've been proven wrong in terms of matthias feibel uh with the fiba and uh so tip to the head you were right on that one so as far as we can tell right mm-hmm. so yeah. uh on that one do you think um uh how we are positioned right now with uh, what's the word for it the guy who picks up the lead ball handler right um, point of point of attack defender you, thank you is, thank is you what is, is what i have been yeah so this is very i think it's going to be very matchup dependent because yeah. if you're playing a guy like the guy who always comes to mind who used to just kill dallas on point of attack was the recently traded damian lillard and hmm. and Lucas oh, first yeah. Lucas first two years like I remember they kept losing to Portland in really frustrating fashion because Dame was incredible and the yeah. Mavericks would put Dorian Finney Smith on him and mm. Dorian Finney Smith is is a good defender who is really sure. really chaotic off ball like he's kind of a <laughs> guy who's in the passing lanes but like I don't think of him as a man to man stopper but he was the best the Mavericks had yeah. I think yeah. that Josh is probably and I. 
I, I've said some things on recent shows where I've had some debates with people, and I, I think I'm just not expressing myself clearly. I think Josh is a fine defender. I think he gets miscast into being a wing stopper when I think he is much better mm-hmm. guarding smaller players because um, he's yeah. strong. I can see that, and he's determined. And from what I understood uh, from um, uh, recent hours or days is that he – really would like to see i think i read that on on uh on on the website of course um is that he sees himself in that role and he really wants to um excel in this role from what i understood and um uh yeah that's something and we just you just spoke about this with the other guests and i think that's what i got from the email as well we have a lot of leaders in their role they take pride in being good in their role I, uh, I like that about this team particularly. I'm very excited about that. So um, second thing, a thing which was pointed out, so thank you very much for that take, um, is rim protection. And I think that was just brought up uh, right now. And um, he said that's what the Mavs obviously been missing since Tyson Chandler left. And, uh, but since we don't have to put the guys in we had last year, uh, I'm very excited. And this is, Something where I just briefly want to pivot to is Tyson was on uh, um, also um, all the smoke. I didn't. We didn't cover this. It was called. It was the all of the smoke podcast. The the one with uh, Matt Matt Barnes. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. And Stephen Jackson. I we didn't cover it in Mavs Moneyball because I don't. At a certain point in the summer, I I just stopped making people do stuff. I stopped being the asshole editor. (laughs) That's that's by the <laughs> way, if you're listening, Mavs Moneyball staffers, I'm back, so it's time to get to work. But yeah, go ahead. Here you go. Uh, no, and and um, from how he was talking, Tyson, uh, and uh, what I understood from Derek on other podcasts as well. I think there was a Duke focused one as well up just recently, which I watched as well. That was very interesting, um, and they speak very similarly there's very uh, like-minded people from what i get and mm-hmm. from w- what i understood from what their history is before they became a successful player in the nba they are very similar in that regard uh, sleeping i think both in the car or both being homeless or being uh, having rough times from what i understood and remember i hope i don't get this wrong so i think they will bond very well and having a good mentor just looking at Dirk is obviously very important and I have very high hopes on Derek, and uh, I think he will surprise us all. And in my opinion, rim protection, at least for um, in um, maybe even from the start of the season, don't be too much of an issue. What's your take on this? It really so so. A lot of thoughts. Um, <laughs> it really depends on what kind of lineups they decide to throw out there, uh, because. Yeah. One of the problems that Dallas ran into last year, as we all saw, was size. Mm. We as Mavs fans are sort of gro- like like the collective. Maybe not anybody in here. Maybe some people in here. I think everybody misunderstands what Grant Williams will bring. Mm. If he's expected to play four and Dwight Powell starts at five, that is once again a small Dallas Mavericks team if you start Josh nice. Green. Grant is 6'5", yeah. 6'6", six, 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 mm. maybe. Okay, him and Tim Tim Hardaway standing next to each other and Tim Hardaway is taller, like that sort of thing. That's okay yeah. because it's not necessarily about being tall. It's about how you play and how you use your body. Um, I but, agree. 
let's not lie, being tall is extraordinarily helpful in the basketball sense <laughs> if you're if you're good at it. So I'm I'm yeah. curious, like the rim protection, I think might be an issue early on. But here's where I would mm-hmm. here's why I said I have a lot to to respond to. There's another podcast if you really like long basketball podcasts. Sam Vicini, who works for the Athletic, runs a show called the Game Theory Podcast. It's very long. He is based oh. out of Aust- he's based out of Australia, um, and he covers some Australian basketball down there. But he used to be up here in the United States, and I've known him for years. And he held a show with another friend of mine, a guy named Robbie Calland, who does all sorts of sports at a website called Uproxx. But Robbie used to specifically cover basketball, and they like talking gambling. Robbie said something about Derek Lively that made me laugh, where he said, I only saw Derek Lively from March on. He said, I didn't see early season Derek Lively, and I thought Derek Lively was one of the best players in the country. So... To answer your so like if we're looking at basketball the season holistically, this is like part of the problem where like all the things have to be answered right now. The team that the Mavericks have, and one thing I have to give Jason credit, Jason Kidd credit for that I think he's done well, he did very well in his first season, is you don't approach the season as one big chunk of games. You yeah. approach it in smaller doses and figure out how to improve, where to move, like where are you doing well, where do you need to do better what lineups might work in certain situations, how are injuries affecting the team. And I think what we'll see and what I hope we'll see, because I did this with Jaden Hardy and then to a certain extent and Josh Green during Josh Green's uh, year under Jason Kidd is a progression where players Mm. are put in the position to succeed in small roles. Because I think confidence for younger players is, is so important. And even if you're a professional athlete, you know, con- like it's it just it becomes very, very few players can go out and shake off hard times. Um, Luke mm-hmm. Byrne in the in the chat, has, I think, has said twice that Lively will start. I, I kind of think he's right, just because there's no harm. Yeah, like yeah. if Lively plays the first eight minutes of every half, and then maybe some situational stuff, he might get up to twenty. Like that'd be huge for for me in the Mavericks. Yeah. So I I'm just. Yeah. There, there's a lot to, to to you have to assume because these guys are professionals that they have a plan. It's what is the plan once reality sets in and can you adjust that plan in, a, in accordance to what you're seeing and have facing as a basketball team? I think part of what frustrated us about Jaden Hardy last year is we all thought Jaden Hardy was ready to go and he could help <laughs> and mm-hmm. just didn't do that. I don't think they'll have a choice with Derek Lively. If Derek Lively looks good and he's helpful, he's going to force himself onto the court by his play. Yeah, and I, and I hope this will happen. Thank you very much for that. That's 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 insightful. So I, I, I think we are all in a, in a very similar opinion there. Let, let's see. Um, that that pivots. Uh, if you if you allow me to to ask one more question, if you don't sure. Mind. No, you um, like we don't have anybody here. It's it's still the off season. I think <laughs> for for you know we got fifty live live viewers, which is fine. I mean, in the season we'll get a couple hundred, but right now, hey, we're we're just having all fun. Right. Cool. Thank you. So uh, so again, thanks for that. Um, about that eighty two part you just mentioned, mm-hmm. um, I I hoped still that he doesn't tinker too much. Um, because, um, as we've seen last, uh, last time where, oh, for crying out loud, who was that, um, guy, we, we got off the market mid season and, and we put it in, put him in already forgot his name. 
instead of Josh, I think that was quite a bummer for his confidence. I was too much tinkering. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> once I get over the line, I'll remember his name. That's okay. Um, that happens to me all the time. Um, uh, so uh, anyway, so we have, I think, 15 players on the Holiday. roster. Holiday, duh. Sorry, thank Holiday. you. Holiday, thank you. Very good. Thank you very good. Uh, that, that's, that's him, exactly. Um, Holiday it was. Uh, we have Markeith Morris, obviously, on the team. And I think uh, about your point with the size, this is the guy I thought of because he is not super tall, but he, I think, brings a little bit of size with him, obviously. And with Mavericks not being super tall, I think that was one attribute Mavs might have looked at. Maybe. I'm still baffled about that. But um, anyway, what do you think? Will Who will take this 15th spot? Because according to my count, that will be either Mike Miles Jr. or that will be Markeith Morris. Something Something's going on there. Pretty will sure Mike, Mike Miles is on a two-way. Um, yeah. So that will allow them to shuttle him back and forth from their developmental team in Frisco. I can't, I, there's a limit All to right. the number of games, but that'll be part of it. But the Morris question is worth leaning into because Morris's contract, as I have seen it discussed, is mm. very, they can just move on from him if they want to. And All right. I think what they'll do is they'll head into the season with what they have right now. Uh, because mm-hmm. they're they're not in the Drew Holiday discussion. Um, just so <laughs> everyone, Drew Holiday is apparently going for at least two first round picks. Dallas doesn't have two first round picks. Um, yeah, that's And so it's like they they might be able to make it in the buyout season, and they do, I believe. Uh, Mavs uh, CB CBA might be able to correct me on this, but I think they have a little bit of their mid level exception left going into the year to where they could do. If there was a buyout guy they liked, they might be able to outbid someone if money was interested. If money was a, a factor, so well, that that's part of it. But buyout guys ultimately don't really matter. I I will say that I feel yeah. better about their their ten through fifteen guys, like those mm. portions of the bench, than I have in a long time. Same here, and I'm very confident about this and about the bench and about being a strong team and and playing together. Uh, if you allow me to shift to FIBA real quick. Uh, obviously, I'm very proud of the Germans uh, uh, winning the whole thing. Yay. Uh, I didn't really see that coming. I was very confident and I did it uh, as a team, you know, basketball, you know, that's what it is about. Yeah. And uh, so I'm, I'm very proud of them uh, that they came together and did this. It's uh, I'm, I'm still baffled and the whole nation went bonkers. And there are... Not not the biggest towns in Germany, but smaller towns, which are very strong when it comes to basketball. Very strong-minded uh, small towns like Göttingen, or, or there are a lot of them, and they went absolute bonkers. It's it's really it was really cool to see the nation um, just celebrating this. That was really nice. And yeah. I have to give a shout out to Serbia because they really fought very well without the best player. Jokic. Incredible, incredible basketball uh, that, country, Serbia. Really, really, it's it's not the biggest country in the world, obviously, and they they fought so well. And really, respect to them as well. Mm. I'm I'm mightily impressed. I just wanted to get that off my chest. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Sure. Well, thanks for hanging uh, out with us. Thank you. Uh, right. Have a good one. Right, thank you. you. Too. 
Okay, so you know that's the the extent of our guests that we have uh, lined up. If you want to, you can click in to the invite. Uh, I'll post the link again if you're interested in coming up here and talking ball with me. Otherwise, I'll answer a couple of questions from the chat, and then I think uh, then I think we we might be able to head out. Um, all right. So the first thing that I, I want to talk about, uh, I, I want to talk about the Damian Lillard trade. No one cares what I think, but I want to talk about it. Um, I'll simply say that I am delighted for the second time, Kevin Durant's the other instance, where a player, a superstar player, that has signed a contract for several years to go with a ton of money on that contract. Management did not do what was best for the player and did what was best for the team. I... Damian Lillard's not my favorite player, just to be perfectly candid. I think he is is, is a, a might bit overrated and has benefited from a ton of positive coverage because he's an excellent guy with the media, actually answers questions and talks to players. Really fascinating guy. Uh, but it, it's it's just, it was too much for me all summer long. I don't, you know, you shouldn't dictate where you get to go when you're also under contract for a ton of money. Uh, that said, he ended up in a great situation for him, which is really quite fascinating. I think the Bucks, he is a fantastic number two to uh, Milwaukee up there in Giannis. And I, I can't wait to see how they play. And I'm grateful that he is not in the Western Conference anymore. I, and then the final thought on it is I don't, I think like if Luca was to ever leave the team, which I hope never happens, but it's basketball. I, what I don't want him to do is I don't want him to post a rap song post an eight page goodbye letter and also leak out to uh, local media um, basically a dictated story on how Portland was mean to him. This is too much in my humble opinion, just a few too many things is all like maybe one, not, not three. So, so that was not my, not my favorite. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, just just really wanted to do it. All right. Hey, we got another guest who wanted to come in. Um, Samo, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, hey, hey. Welcome. How are you today? Doing well. I can. Cool, Thanks cool. for joining. Greetings from Slovenia. Yes. Slovenia yeah. and Germany guests so far. Thanks for uh, doing this at the time appropriate for European listeners. It's much appreciated. <laughs> I try now and then. I really do. Yeah, I have a small a small uh, daughter. So I, I wanted to join for the whole season, but I couldn't manage because it's too late. But today I'm kind of 
free uh, by accident, so I was happy to join in. Well, happy to have you. So, what are you thinking today? I'm just going to tell you a quick story because uh, I think you're going to find it fan funny. Um, like, I started following the Mavs because of Luca, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And um, like when I was searching for podcasts and so on, uh, I, I started following like a lot of the Mavs podcasts mm -hmm. and I uh, stumbled to like your podcast and I was like, who is this grumpy guy and why is he just bitching all the time when things are going great? Like, you know, the team is winning and he's just like kind of negative. And uh, yeah, well, then the last season came <laughs> and you immediately became my favorite podcast and I, I listened to everything and, and I, I love it. I love the content that you and Josh Bo are doing. And uh, yeah, you're not the grumpy old man anymore. Uh, <laughs> you're quite right. <laughs> we'll see. You know, it, it's, it, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day. And, and I... Things just went really rough for Dallas last year. And I, I I am impressed by how they have built off of off of it was really bleak when the season ended. I mean, I was, you know, I, we do this for fun, more or less. I mean, we make a little bit of money, but it's mostly about fun. And I remember just kind of talking with Josh and being like, I'm not actually gonna quit, but I kind of want to quit because this is this this just wasn't very fun for the first time in a while. And all the things they did in the offseason, probably the most exciting offseason since they drafted uh, Luca um, easily. And this is it's, it's just great. It's it's nice to have something to look forward to. I'm I'm really I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing the basketball get played, because one of the things that's kind of uh, as I think back, I, we did not get Luca and Kyrie Irving played basketball together and were unbelievable together. But I also don't think we ever got Luca in really peak form. So what does that look like? You know, and I just to see these guys play offense together is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. It was not even enough time. It was just like basically ten games, and then Luke was hurt. Was like he was yeah. hurt. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. Do you have a question for somebody from Slovenia? I don't know anything country related, Luca related, basketball related. Okay, I don't have any takes, right? I, no, I do. I do need to know this because this is this is something that I've gone back and forth a little bit about. Are there any on the rise Slovenian big men that might be that might be able to contribute to the national team in the next two to four cycles? Nah, the the big men uh, position is is a huge problem. Like you already mentioned a couple of times that we are a phenomenon. Not only in basketball, but in sports, we have and really like biking and all like the the Tour de France guy. What was his name? That was incredible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. two of them actually. Oh <laughs> gosh. Yeah. So we're really good in sports, but when you know on on the big man front, there it really shows like our lack of uh, just people. You know, there's not the pool is not big enough. Million and volume problem. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, I've seen on Reddit, like, some debates on, like, why the European big men are sometimes, like, better than the, the U.S. big men and so on. And, you know, there are so few of them. And then when you get them, you really polish them. Like, they, they get to, you know, really do the fundamentals. Like, the footwork, I think, is, is incredible in Europe, especially, like, the old school basketball. Because it used to be, you know, especially here in the Yugoslavia, old Yugoslavian territory, Mm -hmm. You needed to get the fundamentals right. You needed to learn like two, three moves, and then live on them for the whole of for the whole career. So, uh, 
but but it's hard. It's really hard, you know, to to get to get big men um, with with like two million people. We had, you know, like Nesterovic is the legend. Uh, <laughs> he he played like I mean he had a decent NBA career, and then he was like you know NBA starting center. But yeah. even him, like it was never never enough basically. So no, no, I, I don't think that there is. Uh, any on the rise i might be wrong because i don't know the young selections so well well because there's the because there's some younger players there's uh gosh he's playing at ucla this year out here in california he's slovenian what is his name yeah i know which one you mean but no we have we have really cool young players on the rise Mm -hmm. i think like dan isn't it jan jan veed how do you say v-i-d-e yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. he's outstanding yeah Mm -hmm. and we have a couple of really really promising young guys but yeah, the, yeah. the, the big, well, I just think about that. I, I just think about it because, you know, one of the things that came up when Luca was ejected from the world cup in trying to put some context into that, to people who didn't watch the games, one of the things I try to explain, and I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying, I understand it. Luca has mentioned repeatedly how important being like w- trying to win one of these international tournaments is to him and you only get so many opportunities you know that's why the 2017 Eurobasket thing was so incredible because it was a little bit of a surprise but runs like that just don't happen every two yeah, to four they years they caught fire yeah they caught fire that's a great way to to, to phrase it and so he gets so fr- like he's capable of winning games purely on, on like by himself and so he, I, I think he knows, and I, I could be wrong, but I, I think he knows that like every time when he sees a, a chance slipping away, it just drives him absolutely crazy. And yeah. it's very different than the NBA pettiness that he engages in sometime. And I, I think that we in America tend to just lump it all together as like an insecurity or I'm not, an immaturity thing. And I don't think that's necessarily fair to him. I don't want to make excuses for him, but you know, he's going to want to come back next summer for the Olympic. Uh, the, like, I think the Olympic qualifiers are like all, some of the tournaments are like immediately after the NBA season is over. So he'll go from NBA to that and then hopefully to Paris if Slovenia qualifies. And it's just, it's like, these things are important to him. And I get why it's, it's incredible. Like the more you like, the more you think about just the, the fact that like the, the Dallas Metroplex, let me see how many people here are here in Dallas, Dallas area population this is great podcasting um the dallas area population has two point or has 1.3 million people that's just in the city of dallas and not necessarily the surrounding area so it's like when i explain to people that like hey the you know this a country that has roughly the size of half of dallas it's like they're getting constantly getting far in these basketball tournaments and getting this close to meddling or winning it's just really it's 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 really I get it. Is all I'll say. So, yeah. and you know, with Luca, um, I also saw it on Reddit. Like the 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 last comments that he made that he he's gonna try. He knows he knows he has a problem with the the refs and everything, and that he's gonna try. And then people are like, you know, I, and I get it as a fan. I totally get it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like same old story. It doesn't mean anything. Like you have to change. You have to grow up. But it's a part, as you mentioned, it's a part we already know now. It's a part of his character you know mm-hmm. he's you, you can't say okay yeah Luca you just like be stoic and and you know focus on winning and don't bother with referees it's part of the package 
you know, you get you get an amazing player, but part of the package is that he, you know, likes to drink and uh, eat sometimes, and that he, you know, he's really temperamental, and we love it when we see the showboating. We love it like, um, you know, all the all the like flair is amazing, but what comes with that is, as you mentioned, I think I think he gets really really frustrated because, yeah, yeah, I think in his mind he believes he can win every single game. Even against like USA, he's gonna go out there and, and be like, we can win it. And yeah, you know, every chance that slips away, you get yeah. I mean, there are a lot of tournaments, but still, you know, it's yeah. I just I just yeah. like I just like it in the sense that he takes the responsibility of what he's doing and why he's playing and who he's playing for very seriously, very yeah. seriously. And that you know, with some of this bullshit that happens with NBA basketball and professional sports in general. There's just an element of like that pure pride that I find very appealing. So, and also it's it's a difference because you know like in NBA you have 82 games plus mm. then the postseason. It's just too many games, and and I think also players are probably fed up with, you know, like constantly going through the grind and again sure. starting the season, doing all everything again. And while uh, when you're playing in these tournaments, when it's single elimination you know, it gets amped up really quickly. And then, you know, as it starts slipping away, I also can totally understand that it gets like, it gets to him. It, it, it's, mm -hmm. you know, he just bursts out, but uh, yeah. And it's really funny because we had in Slovenia, we had some amazing teams in the past that were like uh, a collection of, I don't know, four or five really good players, also NBA players. But there was never like a proper chemistry. It was, it was never clear who was the leader. Basically, they were too good individually to to work as a team, and now we have the total polar opposite, where we have like a clear leader, clear like best player, and the supporting cast is just like, you know, close but but not not quite there. And as you mentioned, the big men you saw like this year, um, the uh, I lost his name, like the 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 main uh... Mike Toby. Yeah, yeah, the Toby. Uh, he came injured, you know, he mm -hmm. was injured before the tournament and also during the tournament. And, you know, that's already like, uh, you know, when you have games where every little thing counts and when the margin, you know, against Canada, yeah, it was, you know, to win, not even everything had to go perfect. You had to catch fire and every little single thing that, that went like sideways. It's just a margin that you cannot, you cannot, uh, with with such talent disparity, you cannot catch up. And That's right. Then the refs, it is what it is. That was special. <laughs> that really was special. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, if you watch well, basketball, then you know that you shouldn't bitch about the refs too much. Because <laughs> it, it, it just happens sometimes. That's right. Yeah. And in soccer, I used to, I used to watch soccer a lot. And it was always like a saying, you know, if you don't want the the like the referee to to screw you over then just score like two more goals than the opponent and, and that's it you know like or three more goals so it's the same here you know yep it's hard but yeah <laughs> well thank you so much for joining cool. and i will you know if there are more day games this year which i think there always are i'll try to do these a little earlier um i i am i am basically checking my work email while still doing this i just was having a slow like i shouldn't be doing this and one day i'm going to get in actual trouble with my job for doing this but whatever uh, you know thank you so much for for joining the show yeah awesome i'll be happy to come again all right Take great care. talking to you you have a good day you too bye-bye all right now we got one more guy love this uh frank uh has been waiting for about 10 minutes so frank um, i'm gonna bring you on up here 
Frank, how you doing today? I'm doing good, man. Sitting in uh, beautiful DFW standstill traffic. Mm. So I figured I'd chime in. I don't have a, I'm kind of directionless too. I don't really, I was sitting here trying to listen and not repeat uh, people's takes, but um, I'm going to go off the basketball for a second. I know you're a Chiefs fan. Mm. I've been listening long enough to know you're uh, a Chiefs fan. Uh, I, I imagine you've heard uh, some of those uh, fake rendition uh, Taylor Swift breakup songs already. It's outstanding. Yeah, that's some of my favorite stupid content. content. I just, you know, we we keep joking at SB Nation. We need to find ways to put Taylor Swift into our like. I, I didn't write about Mark Cuban's comments yesterday just because I didn't want to, um, but I was really tempted to because it's just it's so funny. It is so like like Taylor is omnipresent. Yeah, say what you will about Mark's comments, but it's 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 you know it's like Jerry Jones says he doesn't care if, if it's negative publicity or good publicity. Any any publicity about the team is is positive because it just generates clicks. So you know. Well, and then I saw like Trav something. Travis Kelsey uh, actually responded to Cuban and said, "Give me a ten day," which had me crack up. And then I completely forgot about this. Uh, Roger Sherman, formerly of the Ringer, shared um, a a video from a a uh, Netflix series called Catching Kelsey, where he's playing one on one basketball against some blonde chick and dunks on her. And I was like, I had no idea the dude was that athletic, so that was pretty cool to see. Yeah, he, he and he's and he obviously with that comment he made the uh, the ten day comment. He's pretty hip, you know. He's he's young and hip, and he's he's pretty he's pretty cool. He's one of the cooler dudes who could be you know sitting in the seat he's sitting in with, you know, megastar Taylor Swift right. coming after him. So it's just a content machine. Anyways, um, uh, thoughts on probably, and probably something that's already been beaten like a drum, but I don't mind. I'm really high on the, the idea of Omax and lively, just their energy alone. And, and us have already seen so much of Maxi, so much of Dwight, so much of these guys that's been on the team for, you know, three to six years already. You got to imagine that even kid and Cuban are excited to see something different, you know, much less us fans, you know? So I, I think they're just going to, the energy, the length um, is going to just force them on the court really quick. I, I don't I think, think it's so. going to take, I don't think it's going to take any time. Maybe he starts with green or uh, a veteran, a more veteran presence, obviously. And I know I'm not really re uh, dropping any hot take here, but I'm just, I guess more more or less, I'm just really bullish on, uh, on those guys coming in and making an impact. <clears throat> Maybe it's just my naivety, you know, being a Mavs fan, but I mean, I'm pretty objective and I, you know, I'm a Cowboys fan and it's, you know, I, I'm, my family's Cowboys fans and they're all very Homer and I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I love them as much as, you know, any, anybody in this room, but I'll, I'll also beat them up as, as worse as uh, anybody will too. So, I'm really, I feel objectively bullish on these guys. So That's I, good. I don't know where you stand, but I, I, I am bullish. I'm curious to see where a coach's proclivity to, to kind of keep younger players close, you know, to, to either both protect them or limit, you know, just, just basically limit, uh, you know, a rookie's ability to, to, to make mistakes come, you know, I, kid's going to have to fight off a lot of stuff. You know, one thing kid does every year, and this is almost every year he did this with the bucks. He did like a yearly, he had a, like a yearly speech about how difficult it is to win with young players. I hope he doesn't do that this year, but if the Mavericks are heading in the right direction and are still playing 500 basketball, I think a lot of us will take that because 
if you see building going on and you hope that at a certain point they turn the corner and start winning in a, in a rate more than they're losing to where they could gain some ground in the, in the standings, that's all you can really hope for. And, and I, I think it's good to be excited. Why not? The, I, I just, Omax in particular, I think he's just going to force his way onto the floor. Yeah, no doubt. There's, there's no doubt about it. Um, obviously he stays away from the, the Josh, you know, remember when Josh was a rookie and he would just make some really, really boneheaded rookie mistakes, which we didn't fall some for at the time, but you could understand why he kind of got held off the court, especially under like a Carlisle regime where he, you know, just didn't have the patience for that. So as long as he can stay away from some of them, just like outrageously silly, you remember Josh, I mean, Josh, when he was trying to play defense on some guys, they made him look silly. A pump fake would get him jumping out of his shoes. Like it was nobody's, you know, like, mm-hmm. like he didn't belong on the court. And I think as long as he can just stay within himself and not try to overly prove, you know, he belongs. I think just his natural, his length, like you said, length being a big weapon um, and then already just being a defensive, you know, force uh, is going to get him on the court. So I'm excited for that. Um, what else? I mean, I'm, I'm usually in a rush when I, when I come on these things, I'm not a good speaker. And then That's all right, you're doing great. typically when I, when I come on, it's the season, you know, you got 20 people in line and I know you're trying mm-hmm. to give people a four or five minute window to get off, you know, 20 minutes for the idea. So <laughs> uh, I guess well, I guess I'll end it at that, man. I don't want to waste the stage. No, you're great. Thanks for hanging out. I appreciate you coming up uh, and talking with us. We'll talk uh, after, after game starting real soon. Indeed, man. All right. Take care. All right. Uh, let's see here. That was slightly biased talking NFL. So I switched over to Pod Maverick. Well, slightly biased is a little bit, a lot, a lot better at this than I am. Um, but that's okay. We're different people. Uh, and I would talk NFL if I could, but I don't really, you know, don't want to bore you on that. Um, I also don't ever get to watch because my son always wants to go do stuff on Sunday afternoons. Um, got a couple more things I wanted to touch on, but as always, you can. Join the pen link, come up on stage, and we can hang out for a little bit. I did want to discuss, just because it's literally in the notes, uh, the Mavericks new uniform. I'm going to pull it up here. Uh, not new uniform, their, their city edition uniform that came out. So let's uh, let's switch over and take a little bit of a peek at that and discuss it for a second. Now, as a nearly 40-something guy, I don't necessarily think you want to be coming to me for fashion advice. Um, but we have here a photoshopped version of what the Mavs City Edition is supposed to be for those of you who are listening on the podcast. If you haven't seen it yet, it is a black... Let me scroll to what the... it The lighting makes it difficult. I, I'm assuming it's black, but the lighting sort of makes it almost look silvery black jersey with a blue trim, a sort of weird... Ma- it's Mavs, not Mavericks, Mavs font uh, it kind of looks like um what you would see like a, a a girl like in high school doodling on a trapper keeper or something and then 77 with what i think is a, a a neon green outline around around the blue and then when you get into like the details of the jersey it somehow gets even funnier where i want to say in the bottom right corner here where it's like um it's where like they tell you the size of the jersey. Like Nike likes to put all these what what they consider important details, and nobody ever fucking notices them. And it says in the bottom right corner, "For all of Dallas, comma Fort Worth," and that was my favorite part because it's not horrendous. It looks a little bit like a middle school AAU team jersey, but it's not like like the the if for anybody that remembers, and of course, why wouldn't you remember? Um, 
the the jerseys uh what was it the uh the spray paint the 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 weird i can't even think of the right word the graffiti sorry gosh that's how you know the day's getting away from me the graffiti jerseys were truly awful those were not for me i got the story behind them i thought that was cool but the execution of what the jersey was supposed to be was not it that's the sort of jersey where in 20 years kids will talk about how cool it is but i think it sucks um City edition stuff is difficult because for me, it's either a huge hit or a huge miss. Um, I really like the white and gold from several years ago, though. I know those were really, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's across the board weird. Um, I loved last year's green, uh, green and white or green, like the, the old school green. And then like with the trim of blue, um, I really wish the Mavericks would do more. And that's where uh, this one. Um, more of that incorporated back into the jersey. Unfortunately, they I don't know if they'll ever do like the 90s white uniforms ever again. They can only do throwback ones every certain number of years. Um, there's they have some rules on it. I don't entirely understand it. But I I, I don't know. It's the, the fact that they have to do a new city of jersey every year. When they're wrong, they're awful. When they're great, they're, they're, I mean, when they look good, they look fantastic. Like the Retroflex stuff was so cool uh, last year and it just, everybody liked it. Stuff sold out like crazy. I just have a feeling that any of the peripheral gear, and I'm not just talking jerseys. I mean like the t-shirts, the sweats, that sort of thing for this city edition is not going to do very well. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll have some cool stuff. Who knows? Definitely not for me. Um, but that's okay. Not everything has to be for me. Clement in the chat says, stop it, Kirk. It's horrendous. Oh my gosh. Uh, Leo asks, who is their targeted audience? I mean, that's tough. You know, that's where it's just like, I, I sometimes have a hard time being super critical about this other than to say that I personally do or don't like something like I'm not going to wear a Jersey, uh, ever probably. Um, I'm an old person now. If you want to wear jerseys, that's fine. But it's like I have no means to wear like a jersey out in public, so I'm not going to do it. That goes for pretty much all sports stuff. That's just my me, though. Um, okay, so we've been at it for nearly an hour, which is pretty impressive. Josh Bowl and I will be back on Tuesday to um, talk about what are we going to do. We're going to probably cover more uh, player preview player previews with some of the more that we've been writing. Probably see if there's any more uh, any more stuff worth talking about since training camp. So far, it's been mostly mundane. I mean, Tim Hardaway not knowing that he was coming off the bench is interesting, but it's not like Tim Hardaway was like a constant starter, anyways. That doesn't seem like a, we talked about that already in the show. Um, I'm sure there will be more stuff out there. Um, yeah, I don't know. And just to kind of kind of throw this out there, since it's the tail end of the pod, uh, I tend to not take on new riders during the season. We just have too much going on. Season hasn't started yet, though. So if you're at all interested in writing for MavsMoneyBall.com, uh, find my email address, my personal email address. Uh, it's it's somewhere on the website. I promise if you look hard enough, you'll be able to find it. And we can uh, talk talk and see what we can come up with. You know, just looking for people to help out here and there, that sort of thing. Uh, otherwise, guys, have a great weekend, and we will talk soon. Go Mavs! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.